Welcome to Keeping Your Together in a Stressed World with Michelle Post and Scott Grossberg. Each week, we explore down and dirty ways to stop awfulizing, catastrophizing, going down the rabbit hole, and moving through all the craziness that is happening right now. We're here to create a community of like-minded people as we give you tips, tricks, and techniques for keeping sane in an unhinged world. And now, here are your hosts, Michelle Post and Scott Grossberg. Hey, everybody. This is Scott Grossberg, one of your co-hosts for the podcast, Keeping Your Shit Together in a Stressed World. And I'm here with my co-host, Michelle Post. Hello, Michelle. <laughs> Hello, Scott. If you heard me pouring my water a, a second ago, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm just trying to keep my water shit together. There you go. <laughs> How are you? I'm doing well, thank you. I'm doing well. You, everybody's okay. hearing us recorded today because yes. of uh, some other personal obligations that you and I have. So mm-hmm. um, let's jump in. Yes. Anything, anything you want to chat about today? Yes. Well, I, I will take personal responsibility for not being live uh, on this recording because I'm going to New Orleans uh, and I don't know that I'll be able to record from New Orleans. I've never done it before. So it's just better safe to know my tech than to take us on the road. <laughs> anyway, one of, my, one of my favorite cities. Okay. Such a good city. So uh, I was noticing this week a little bit of a trend in um, some of my my parents of children, middle schoolers, teenagers, young adults. And it has to do with really wanting to do the best by your kids, but maybe not having all the resources available to you as an adult, and then struggling with teaching your kids financial literacy. Okay. So what I mean by that is, do um, you know that it is rare, if you look at the grand population of the United States, it is rare for parents to pay 100% of their child's college tuition, living expenses, et cetera. It is a very small percentage of the population who have parents that are able to do that statistically. Did, did you know that? I, I actually was aware of that. Um, uh-huh. You know, it's, it's very interesting because I grew up in a household where going to college was expected of you. Yes. Higher education was expected of you. So I was very fortunate to uh, uh, have some support in that regard. Uh-huh. But, but the average parent typically either contributes either through cash or taking out a, a loan, a parent loan. Right for college education, only about 43% of the cost. Like that's that's the average parent, is they're not paying 100% of the cost. The average is about 43%. Many pay way less, some pay way more. So were you also fortunate enough that your parents planned early and, and had income to support you through undergrad? Yeah. I'm going to tell you, and I don't do this often. I'm not comfortable okay. talking about family finances. Okay, okay. Um, well, you however, don't have to. <laughs> how, however, um, I did work in part through through college. Me I, too. I, I, I was not. Um, I worked. 
And, you work, uh, so you contributed some. So your this, own. this 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 is where I I've said before I I had a band. I would sit in a <laughs> a, a pub after school and uh, play for so tips awesome. and gratuities and other things like that. Uh-huh. Um, and then for graduate school, it was nothing like what we have today. I actually not only did I get a student loan at a ridiculously low interest rate and back then when I was in law school you didn't have to repay it as you were going through school yeah and and it didn't even kick in until you graduated after a, a fair number of months it's not that way anymore it's even not. with even with no even with student okay. forgiveness so these the kids today even if the parents aren't supporting them are uh-huh. graduating with these insane interest rate loans okay um, on okay. top of that, um, hmm. I, I was always, again, I, I'm a good student. I always have been a great student. And because of that, in addition to uh, help with school, I got a lot of scholarships, both in, yes. co- in college and in grad school. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I was similar. I had scholarships. Um, I had grants that were eligible to me because of my scholastic achievement. And then I had grants based off of my parents' lower income. Um, and then I had loans on top of that. And my parents were not in a position to take out extra loans. And they were very clear with me about that. They would have if they could have. Um, so I didn't resent them, but I had to be very aware where I went to school. And then grad school was entirely on me. And I just, I just wanted people out there, listeners out there who maybe have children or you're struggling with this, I wanted you to know there's no right or wrong way to do this. If you have a baby or a one-year-old or a two-year-old, you know, start one of those tax-free college funds now (laughs) so that you can have compounded interest over the course of the next 15 years, 18 years. Um, So start one of those now. That's one of the best things you can do. But if you have a child that's in middle school or high school and you've sort of run out of time. Yes, you can still contribute to one of those funds, but you also recognize there's different ways to do this. If if you have the ability to pay for undergrad, amazing. If you, you know, then say graduate school's on you, you know, that's what a lot of parents do. Some people have planned for undergrad and grad school, and it's important to them and they, they will support that. But many, many kids will still find a way if if they're prepared enough to either choose a lower tuition school um, like a state school or um, a community college a community college and then transfer so they save two years or they'll work hard at scholarships if you are transparent with them so that's the one thing planning ahead but Unfortunately, college is not free in the United States, nor in most countries. It's not free. So preparing yourself to know what can you afford to pay for your your kid's school that doesn't stop you from preparing for your own retirement. Because here's the thing is, do you want to take out a loan, potentially lose your house, pay for your kid's school? But now all of a sudden you need to move in with them and have them take care of you when you're 65, 70, 75. They hey, will not hey, appreciate hey. that gift. They will not appreciate yeah. that gift. Okay. Uh, because some of my clients are in the position where they've got 
a parent who didn't proper, you know, a, an older adult parent that didn't properly prepare for retirement and they're paying for them and they're paying for kids going through school. And they are so, this is in my personal and my professional life. And that is the sandwich generation. And I don't want any of you listeners out there to be in that position. Really level with your kids and find a plan that works for them. You're not a failure as a parent if you, you know, it's, you're, you're meeting the game late and you're not afford to, you're not able to afford the most expensive school in the most expensive city and pay for everything. You're not a terrible parent. You're doing the best you could. And I want to point out, we've talked about it on the show before. I just pulled up some of the newest stats. You know, this is critical when you, when, according to these statistics, um, that the Federal Reserve reported in 2020 that only 64% of Americans even had enough money on hand to cover a $400 emergency. The average average bank account in America is $5,300. Wow. Right? College is, (laughs) that's nothing. Wow. And so this is why the, this, deep breath. this is why the planning, well, this is, you know, when you, you look at just the inability of people to buy houses today. Yes. Yeah. It, it's a real issue, right? It's a real, now, uh, just so you know, um, I just pulled up some data, just like when I got my student loans, they were somewhere around 9% or something like that, which was <laughs> joke, but Depending on your credit score, there it, it can range. Student loan credit can range between five and a half percent up to six six and a quarter, seven point five percent. So there it, for the 20, 2022-2023 school year. So they're actually lower than when I went to school. <laughs> I don't know what they were when you went to school, but when I well, went to school, I'm, I'm, were... I'm significantly older than you. And I don't remember them being anywhere near that amount. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they were. Yeah. And because of that, by the way, I, I, compounding is your friend, folks. And yes. I, I grew up with the concept in my family of OPM. OPM, other, other people's, people's money. money. <laughs> and, and, and that means, by the way, if you can take out a loan, at a low yes. interest rate and invest at a higher interest rate, you're actually yes. ahead of the game. Yes. On top, on top of that, if you if you know, depending on what your student is doing or what you're doing, right? If you're investing for the future and you're going to have a recovery on the back end, yes. Um, then then taking out a loan, deferring that payment is a great thing, even though you've right. incurred debt with the understanding that in most cases, certainly not all, but in most cases, um, you're building credit. Yes. Yes. And you want your child to build credit, not just you, like they, they need to build credit along the way. Now I will warn you to warn your children not to open credit, credit cards, because there's a lot of high interest credit card advertisement that happens on school campuses and I gotta it's tell you, very every, predatory every one of every one of our kids had had that happen to them in college and they all took out credit cards which mm-hmm. it, it turned out okay because we've ex, we always explain to them you do not buy anything that you cannot afford you put it on yes. the credit card then you pay it off at the end yes. of the cycle because yeah. of, otherwise 
it takes you 30 years to pay it off. Mm-hmm. So go or ahead. You end up in bankruptcy. This right? is the this is the OPM I was talking about. Other people's money. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> now, can I ask you, Scott, just um, at what age do you think? Like, let's say somebody has a, a baby and they're just starting to think about this or a toddler. At what age do you think it's kind of wise financially to get a co-account with your child and teach them, start teaching them? I mean, I have my own opinion. I'm just wondering what yours is about. Like, when do you get a co-account and start teaching them about money? The earlier, the better. Yeah, again, I agree. De- Again, depending on the maturity and the dependability of them, that's... Mm-hmm. Right. Don't go bankrupt over this thing. It's no, but no. but te- te- teaching people, teaching kids, teaching students to respect money, I think is a huge mm-hmm. skill that um, I mean, I'm, just, I'm, I'm shocked when I hear people with these massive credit card debts. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know in some cases there's no other alternative for them, at least right. in their mind. Right. But um, there's always a way. There is always a way. Right. Right. And there's a way to work it down and there's good counselors that can help you work it down. It's a so different, it's a different job market right now. We, we have yeah. one, one of our kids right now mm-hmm. um, has three jobs. Oh, wow. I hope they're part-time. Um, <laughs> well, they are, right? okay, good. <laughs> but you know, it's, you don't even have to be, you don't even have to go to one of these big box, massive warehouse locations or work at, at, you know, one of these fast food places, there are other alternatives out there that you mm-hmm. can be flexible with your schedules and and whatever else. And, sure. you know, I think even some of the huge employers now are still offering hybrid work situations. You go in right. and, and you say, here's when I want to work. I want to work from home, et cetera, et cetera. You work around your school schedule. Right. And, and by the way, I cannot tell you the number of Uber drivers that I have met who are either doing it to earn extra money for a vacation, doing it to pay for college for their kids, um, doing it because they're working their way through school. I mean, Uber drivers and Lyft drivers, and not that I'm associated with them at all, but people, people do find with waiting, waiting tables, start, you know, flexible schedules that so people it's funny that you extra it's things with the funny target. That, it's funny that you mentioned that because again, this is, this is the lawyer in me. Yep. I always grew up being told you don't talk to strangers and you don't get into cars with strangers. I know. And, I know. Um, it, it, it's no disrespect to Uber and Lyft drivers and, and everybody else. Yes. Um, I, I, if this was one of my kids, would urge them to do something different. Okay. Well, there, there you go. And it's purely a safety issue. It has sure. nothing to do with the companies. Well, yeah, especially in Los Angeles. And that being said, <laughs> that being said, I've never used Lyft. I have used Uber. I've had marvelous experience with Me all too. of them. Every driver has been marvelous. Yeah. Oh, and I just want to say my cousin, my adult cousin, he's really my mom's cousin, uh, who who was a professional musician his whole life, choir director, kind of Christian musician, pretty well known in his his field. He just, he was bored in retirement and started to do Lyft driving at a, you know, the, the XL, the expensive one, right. expensive Lyft and expensive uh, Uber and loved it. He loves it. That, and that's, <laughs> again, little different when you have life experience behind you and, yes. you and right. And you actually 
know yes. how to drive a car and understand yes. that if you're in an accident, things happen. So, yes. Um, so <laughs> speaking anyway. of speaking of accidents, shall yes. we move into today's show? Yes, totally <laughs> different from from what I brought to the table today. That's OK. Um, so today <laughs> we're talking about secrets of post-op recovery. And yes. this, this came about, folks, uh, because of what I've been going through. I had total knee replacement. Um, and Scott went into it very naive and very uh, aggressively optimistic uh, to the extent that I literally told my surgeon, uh, just replace the tire, my knee, and I want to be back up and going in two weeks. And I kept getting the, seriously? And it's like, yeah, just change the tire, swap it out, new, you know, right? And I'll get up and going. And it has been a different sort of path and journey than the overly optimistic, very aggressive, um, I'll be up and going in two weeks because <laughs> of that journey. And, and, you know, Michelle, I don't know if you, what kind of little tips that you have for this other than from the, the mental health end of things, but I've, I, along the way have discovered some marvelous tools out there, marvelous products that I am not awesome. affiliated with. Awesome. That. Uh, I, I want to pass on with the understanding. Again, we've done it in our disclaimers plenty of times. We're not doctors. We're not giving you medical advice. Check with your doctor uh, or surgeon or physical therapist or whoever first to make sure these comport with what their plan for you is. Um, but that said, I'm going to start off, uh, if you don't mind, with probably the biggest uh, tip that uh, my wife actually discovered. I I did, you know, I do my little fun therapy shopping online, just like everybody else. But mm -hmm. my wife actually discovered this while I was in physical therapy. She was talking to somebody else who was going through uh, the same surgery recovery, but ahead of me. And my wife went out uh, and got me a body pillow. I'm going to oh. tell you, I'm going to tell you, I think I have a relationship with this body pillow. I bet you do. <laughs> and there are different kinds or different styles. Normally you, you see them being advertised for people who are pregnant. Right. Um, but I, I have told everybody who will listen, who's going through surgery because you can't lay on your side correctly. You can't lay on your yeah. back correctly. These things are moldable and foldable. And the one that I happen to have gotten Right. It creates this little cocoon around you so that it's more comfortable to lay. But oh. one side zips off so that I can actually put that between um, my surgery knee and my non-surgery knee so yeah. that the pressure of the bones isn't there when I lay on my side. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm I, I'm telling you, it's just so freaking comfortable, folks. Oh. Which which one did you get? Uh, you know, Do you remember? I, don't, I don't because my wife, okay, your it, wife it, got it. It showed up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I, I passed that on to everybody. I was looking through the little list of things that I made. That would be number one. It, the biggest okay. thing on my list is, you know, you need to sleep. And Michelle, yes. you can attest to the importance yes. of sleep. Yes, absolutely. And if, and if you're uncomfortable, even if you're on narcotics or drugs or ibuprofen or whatever it is they've got mm -hmm. you on at any particular time, mm -hmm. um, you want to wake up comfortable too. And yes. that, that's the biggest thing is to be able to just do those things. Yeah. Well, since you brought up narcotics and what medications you are uh, taking, I'm going to pull from 
my work in psych health and sports medicine and talk about one of the biggest secrets that I can tell people post-op is taking your medication based off of time, not off of pain. So let's say you have narcotics, which we know there's a huge narcotic addiction issue in the United States and probably around the world where they're available. One of the biggest issues with training your brain and decreasing your risk for addiction is if you are told by your doctor, you can take two of these a day. That means 24 hours in a day, not your waking hours. So you divide 24 hours by two. That means every 12 hours you are taking the medicine. You're not waiting for pain and going, oh, I'll hold that. I'll be fine. I'll fine. And then take the medicine because what you do when you do it that way is you reinforce the pain center of your brain and it becomes overactive at like, like a baby that cries based off of feeding it when it's hungry versus feeding it on time. Babies who are fed on a schedule cry less are more satisfied, are more comfortable in their bodies than babies who are fed based off of crying. It's the same thing with the pain center of your brain. It's a different kind of pain than hunger. So if your doctor says you can take three of these a day, then that means three divided by 24 is eight. So every eight hours on the clock, you don't take it early. You don't take it late. If your pain starts to kick in, you ask your doctor, what do I do to get to the next medication? Like, am I allowed to supplement with Tylenol or Advil? What do I do? Or do I just ice or do I just do deep breathing? Do I take a shower? What do I do to get to the eighth hour if this is not working? And you make a plan so that you base it off of time. And, you know, follow your doctor's instructions. And usually you'll, you won't need the pain medicine long-term after an operation, depending on the operation, but take it based off of time, not on pain that will help you uh, use it effectively and also come off of it effectively. You know, it's interesting that you bring that up because obviously I post knee surgery, very painful. Um, and so they had me on a lot of meds in addition to meds and vitamins and everything else that I was on. And it, even for me, because, you know, post-surgery, depending on your anesthesia, you're still in a fog for a while. Um, and you have to drink a lot of water to flush this out of your system and it can still last for a while. I, I discovered again, I have no affiliation with any of these, an app on my phone called Medi, M-E-D-I safe, S-A-F-E. And it was marvelous for you enter all your medications, you enter all your vitamins, you put everything in there and it allows you to schedule them exactly like what Michelle is saying. And it then reminds you if you don't do it on your own, when to take them, schedules it, tracks it and creates a report for you. So it's called Medi, MediSafe. It's free. Um, and I, I, it's, I relied on it tr- dramatically. Oh, I wish I had known about that. I am just coming off of dealing with a kind of a chronic headache situation. And I was just using the timer on my phone. Like once I figured out my, my, my dosage schedule, I yeah. just used the timer on my phone. And then as I was trying to wean myself off of certain meds, then I would stretch it half an hour. And that's how you kind of slowly get your body used to not, not just making pain that doesn't need to be there. Yeah. You break the you know? cycle. And of course they always tell you don't chase the pain, right? Don't chase get the pain. ahead of it, which I always find hilarious. I've, I, it's, <laughs> I've always found don't chase the pain um, and get ahead of it. 
except that you don't know what that is. No, you don't. It takes a little while to figure that out, you know. So it's like this oh. giant shadow out there. And of course they say, but and everybody's different. Yes. And I will tell you uh, another rule of thumb for me is um, with, with medication, whether it's over the counter or not, certain medications, NSAIDs, Advil, your Motrin's, your Aleve, they can have a challenge for some people in the belly. And they really need to be taken with food to protect your belly. And I will tell you the, you know, young whippersnapper sometime in my twenties, I had a knee surgery and I was given Vicodin and my doctor was like, you need to take it with food. Well, I didn't know. And I was home by myself and I'm on crutches and it's really hard to have crutches and bring food to a table, right? Because how do you carry your food when you got two crutches, right? So anyway, I'm taking my Vicodin and I'm like, this is, this is amazing. I, I'm like my, my knee little ice thing was moving my knee and, you know, and I had my pillows propping me up and this is way before the body pillow was around. And I, I took one too many doses of vitamin, of, uh, of vitamin? vitamin on an empty stomach. And my stomach said, I hate you, Michelle. Yeah. And I suddenly had to deal with uh, crutching very quickly to the bathroom to expel <laughs> what my body was not happy with. And it there was not, go. it was quite a funny story now, but it was not funny then. <laughs> yeah. So take your, you know, make sure, you know, that's my other thing. Make sure, you know, if your medicine needs to be taken with food. And, and sometimes if you have something like GERD um, or acid reflux or whatever, is there an alternative medicine that's less harsh on your stomach? Cause your doctors uh, know what those are. Yeah, good advice. Um, I, I have mentioned my next tip uh, before, and I'm going to mention it again, and that's EFT, Emotional Freedom Technique. Yes. Uh, Dr. Gary Craig came up with the version that I'm familiar with. There are certainly pre precursors to what he did. He took it, and, and, there, and there are actually newer versions of EFT that are out there that I'm not as um, comfortable using. I don't think they work for me as well. They might for you, but um, emotional freedom technique is out there. Lots of people teach it. Uh, but I will tell you one of my mainstays uh, was a lady, a, a physician, actually, uh, Dr. Kim Diermo. And I mentioned her before. Her, her website is drkimd.com. And I, I don't even think I'm understating it to say sh listening to her post-surgery slash pain EFT techniques and working them through um, probably saved my sanity oh, post-surgery. Awesome. That's how strongly um, wow. I, I encourage people, whether it's her, whether it's Dr. Kim or it's somebody else, lots of people are out there uh, using this, utilizing it. You may even have your own physical therapist must you know masseuse that uses it uh but eft for me was phenomenal because again i go back to my training in neurolinguistic programming and hypnosis and i know what interrupting the pattern is mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. in order to get instant trance or instant attention or instant focus depending on what you're doing with it mm -hmm. and whether you believe in acupressure points or acupuncture points or trigger points or energy flows in your body, the chi is completely irrelevant to me mm -hmm. because the EFT also works to interrupt the pattern of 
woe is me, it's I'm in happening. pain, mm -hmm. and you focus on something different. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. You. So since you also brought up hypnosis, I mean, I, I highly recommend hypnosis or neuro-linguistic programming in addition to EFT if you're struggling with post-op pain and your post-op is going, is causing you some difficulty, um, I, I highly recommend that you get those resources or you learn biofeedback, you learn relaxation training, you learn to use your breath as a tool to help you cope. And that brings me to an even bigger one, which is listen to your body that don't grin and bear it without clearing it with your medical providers first. Um, if you're on an HMO plan, be the squeaky wheel. I, I have had so many, I've had a friend who um, had a perforated colon from a colonoscopy and she's such a tough little cookie, but she's like, no, 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 no. If her husband hadn't forced her to go to the ER, she could have died within four hours. That's the doctors came in and told her that. Um, I also had a friend that had a really difficult thyroid complication and it, and right now she's kind of the leading case uh, for a new technique. Like her doctor is learning from treating her. And if she hadn't listened to her own body and advocated for herself, it, it, you know, she would have been in pain and, and not gotten the treatment that she's getting now. So use your voice, contact your doctor as frequently as you need to. If you feel your body is not doing what you expected it to do, they might not have all the answers, but they might have some really good ideas. Uh, but you need to advocate for yourself and get that, get a second opinion if you need to, ask friends and family if you need to, research online on Reddit and Facebook and Google if you need to, but be your own best advocate when it comes to listening to your body. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the next thing I'm, I'm giving listeners accessories, for lack of a better way, that, right. that, that the surgical team doesn't tell you to get, right? Uh -huh. Uh -huh. So one of the things that I just love, I've recommended to everybody, I'm going to give you the actual product this time rather than just a generic thing, um, is a tiger tail. T-I-G-E-R tail, T-A-I-L, and it's tigertailusa.com. And what this essentially is, uh, for any, I, I mean, I learned about the tiger tail when I was, you know, very active doing sports and, and working out. And what these are, it's a massage ball on a, okay. on a rope. Okay. And it'll, it, here's what it allows you to do. It allows you to actually hit trigger points in your back between your shoulders down your leg you can lay on this thing instead of a foam roller and sometimes mm -hmm. these foam rollers can actually create more problems because you're not using them correctly mm -hmm. as opposed to you know a, a chiropractor or a do or somebody that actually knows how to manipulate your body mm -hmm. and these are it, it's a wonderful trigger point um i first got a tiger tail by the way driving and flying all over the you know the the place it, it can be a real pain in the beat in the butt literally mm -hmm. um and while i don't have sciatica the way i think people who suffer from it chronically have it you know if i sit too long i can feel it down you know in my hip and down my leg and this tiger tail is a wonderful thing 
to you put it on the wall you don't have to lay down you don't have to do anything you hold mm-hmm. the you hold the rope you you hang the ball the rubber ball on the wall and you just press against it with your hip oh. and it's almost an instantaneous trigger release oh that's awesome and cost average oh my my goodness i I have to ask because because brian's gonna make me uh, say his his life hack on this one so i just pulled it up and again it's you can get a bunch of different places i just pulled it up on uh, amazon Uh and it's 20 28.99 okay great however however i gotta see if this is actually true okay um I'm looking to see if this is the same size because I'm pulling it up on CVS right now uh-huh. and it's $10. Oh, great. See? Oh, they're different sizes. That's what oh, it is. Oh, different so, sizes. So okay. the bigger the bigger one is uh, about $29 29. and then about $10 for the smaller version. And you, and the whole point of this is the tail because yeah. that's what gives you the flexibility the leverage. to use uh-huh. it wherever you want to do. And if Right. And you're not dropping the ball and you can always pull it back. I have uh, used this tiger tail on my calves. Yeah. uh, To, you know, to relieve cramping in those. I've used them on my back between my shoulders. Um, And, and for those of Uh you that have feet problems, instead of a golf ball or a tennis ball, uh, I love the consistency of this. You just put it on the floor and rub your feet around it. Again, check with your, check Mm -hmm. with your, uh, orthopedist or your podiatrist and see what they have to say about it. Mm-hmm. So Brian's hack, because, you know, he's an RN and he always loves to find a cheap alternative, although $10 at CBS for a small one is a great alternative, but he will tell you a $1 pair of pantyhose from the dollar store in a tennis ball with two knots on the side of the tennis ball. So for those of you that really don't, don't like Amazon or don't want to get it shipped to you, go to the dollar store, get a pair of pantyhose and get a tennis ball wear the pantyhose play tennis (laughs) and and then use it afterwards there you go Ah, that's that's my that's my trick for you brian would be mad at me if i didn't say that no that's great (laughs) by the way speaking of trigger points and i think this is important too Mm -hmm. i don't know that brian's going to have an alternative to this one okay but they're they're not these are not cost prohibitive um, they are known both as theracanes. Oh, theracane. Yeah. Uh, I, I happen to have gotten a product that I just love. I'll, again, I'll give you the name of the product. It's, it, I pronounce, I believe it's pronounced Liba, L-I-B-A. Uh, and these are, it's a point, a trigger point massage stick. Yeah. And it, it looks as my wife calls it, it looks like a freaking meat hook. Yes, it does. Um, and uh-huh. you know, I've known people who only have the, the hook, it's a cane, literally, it's a cane. Uh, with little knobs on it that it, you can use at free trigger point. Uh, mm-hmm. The one I have is actually shaped like an S and mm-hmm. has even more little knobbies on it, including two at the curve of the cane top that you can put around your neck mm-hmm. and, it, ah. and it sits on either side of your spine. And you're going to do this gently, of course, but it then allows you to give yourself a neck massage. Yes. Um, and the pressure you can get out of this thing. Now, for those of you that travel, the reason that I mentioned the, the LIBA, the one that I I have, it, it comes apart in the middle. It snaps together, comes apart and is very compact to travel with. Oh, great. Okay. Yeah. Tennis balls and pantyhose are great at that too. 
<laughs> but I do love, I I've used a Theracane in the past at a physical therapist where, you know, they were teaching me how to rub out shoulders. If you have a desk job, you're at your computer regularly, yeah. maybe you're not even post-op, but you just have tension headaches or you have shoulder tension or neck tension. It can be really helpful. So here's the, and for those people listening who have no idea what these products are, the difference, <laughs> the difference between the tiger tail or the tennis ball and the pantyhose <laughs> and, and the, and the Theracane type product right. is in my experience, whether it's a tennis ball, whatever the ball is, you have to apply your body pressure to it you do. in order for it to work mm-hmm. with the, the trigger point cane or, or stick, you're lit, you're, you're literally, you put it in the trigger place or work around it. If that's what you've been told to do and you're Mm -hmm. pulling it with your hand, you're not putting body pressure on it. So you can be anywhere, sit anywhere. You can be in bed if you need it, sit in the chair. Mm -hmm. Um, and it, it, it's again, a different way of applying similar pressure. And some of you will post-surgery not be able to stand up and lean lean against against a wall. wall. Mm-hmm. Or if you've had hip surgery, you're not going to be doing these cockamamie little twists where you put your legs straight and the other one bent over it and you apply pressure. So the trigger point stick may be a great alternative. Yeah, I agree. Totally agree. That's a great hack. Thank you. Yeah. So my next one is more about when you're ready to start well, pretty quickly in the hospitals now, the, one of the reasons why they stopped keeping us in overnight in the hospitals for knee surgeries and such and really want you out is that they want you mobile. We lose such muscle atrophy when you are laying down. So the sooner you can get mobile and moving, even if it's just to and from the bathroom or in and out of the shower or up and down to get your lunch, the sooner you can get your body moving, the faster your recovery will be um, when that's that's what you're prescribed. Of course, that's what they want you to do. So I want to remind everybody about pacing and dosing. Um, Pacing is where you, you don't know what your body can take. So you're going to start off slowly. Like maybe you're going to incorporate five minutes of walking and see if you can handle that, let's say. And rather than going and doing an hour walk, which might really hurt you and be too much for you when you're post-op, you start off with five minutes and then the next day you do six minutes and the next day you do seven minutes until you day after day are slowly building your strength so that you work your way back to your previous level of activity. You don't want to go all out and then be sore and then laying in bed. That's who, counteractive. Who would, who would ever do that? <laughs> who would ever overdo it? Now, dosing, I don't, I don't even know if anybody will be listening to this if you are grieving, but I'll give you a tip. Dosing is kind of different. If you've had trauma or grief and you're re-experiencing your home or the place of the accident or work life, pacing applies with dosing as well. Give yourself permission to go for an hour or go for 30 minutes to your home and then go stay with your relative or, you know, slowly redose yourself to your previous place, your previous lifestyle before the accident happened, before the injury happened so that you can begin to 
face it and expose yourself, but no, not inundate yourself and no. not avoid. Okay. Pacing so, and dosing. Yeah, I love it. But and by the way, speaking of pacing and dosing, at least for me, your surgeon, your doctor, whoever it is, will give you the recipe, the secret sauce between heat and cold, right? They do different things. Um, and they, they do different things as far as healing and helping you feel relief and the like. So I'm not even going to get into the ice machines that are available and the, and the, the, you know, the warming blankets and the like, I am going to give you again, a product that someone sent me very kindly, uh, post-surgery. And I looked at this and went, what the hell? And this is the most amazing freaking ice pack i have ever experienced wow. and it's, it's called plexi cold l f is in frank l-e-x-i-k like kite o-l-d and it's flexi cold gel ice pack i i still use this thing uh you stick it in your freezer i've never the amount of cold get that comes out of this thing is utterly amazing wow it's flex, and the reason it, it's so cool is it molds to your body. That's why it's called Flexi, um, and I'm absolutely amazed with this thing. Wow. I have never heard of a Flexi cold. I no, had never either. Is it for any part of your body? Like about how yeah, big is it, this it's thing? A, it's a nice, well, you can get different sizes. So the one I got was for my knee, okay. um, but there are larger ones and smaller ones, and I was just, I'm, I, again, I never heard of it either. It's like, what the hell? It's, you know, it's an ice pack. Oh, contraire. <laughs> this is an ice pack on steroids. <laughs> wow. Well, I, speaking of ice packs, not that you'll get this. If you're post-op, I don't know how many of you will suffer from migraines, but lo and behold, Michelle has discovered something new for headaches and it is called a Thera ice migraine ice cap. So it's this, again, something you keep in your freezer, you wear it over top of your head, you get it in medium or large. I have a big head, so mine's large. And, and it's it helps decrease your headaches because cold is so much faster at helping you with aches and pains than heat. Um, so you put it over your face and it cools your temples, your forehead. Again, I, you know, you can probably just use a, it, for those of you on a tight budget, you can use a pack of frozen peas and corn if you don't want something fancy. But this is anywhere from about 19 to 20 something dollars, depending on the size that you get or need. But um, I, I think it's the best thing since sliced bread if you suffer from headaches. All right. So, so the, the last thing I'm going to share just for sake of time today, um, this thing is that what the, the last thing I've saved for you is it's pure magic. And I don't Ooh. even know how to, how else to describe that. I have actually said this to my physical therapist. He has laughed at me and he has said, it's not magic, Scott. There's a reason it works. It's like, no, it's freaking magic. Um, and again, you want to use it with the advice or oversight of your doctor, your physical therapist, because, because you don't want to wear this too long, mm -hmm. but I am so impressed with, with a product called kinesiology tape. Oh. Um, so there, there are different brands. The two that I use, is, I use KT tape, 
That's the name of it. And then I use TheraBand, T-H-E-R-A-B-A-N-D. They're, they're identical um, for most people that to me, they wear a little differently. Mm-hmm. Um, again, I'm very active. So, and I, to, for lack of a better way to put it, it is tape that you apply in very specific ways. And the two companies, at least the ones I use, have instructional videos that show you how to apply it, your knee, your neck, your back, the side of your leg, your elbow. If a matter of fact, I just had somebody that I was talking to about tennis elbow, they were suffering from it. And I was explaining to them and there was a video. What this is, is tape. You've all seen it, by the way, if you've ever watched a volleyball game on TV and you see even basketball, I think I've seen it. And you see these athletes with these like strips of tape, colored tape on their arms. Mm-hmm. colored tape on their legs mm-hmm. and what this it's pain pain management mm-hmm. and as i understand the way it works is the tape adheres to you you put yep. it on you have to rub it down to create the the connection it does not come off easily and i won't get into <laughs> it because there are specific ways to relieve this otherwise you literally will pull your skin off that's how durable it is mm. a lot of them are waterproof uh, the ones I use are waterproof, so it's very adhesive, you can imagine. Wow. And the way it's been explained to me, what happens is the, the kinesiology tape adheres to the pain area and then lifts very gently the skin away from the nerve endings oh. to reduce the pain. Oh, wow. And I'm telling you, it's freaking magic. All right. So for those of you... With the understanding, you got to get doctor supervision, you know, physical therapy supervision. For those of you that don't want to take medication or drugs and prefer this type of approach, check it out. You might want to explore it, but you don't want to wear it too long because Mm -hmm. it it will start hurting. Mm -hmm. It actually reduces, it reverses the whole purpose of it. Uh, Okay, okay. So it's a, it's a certain amount of time is is the yeah, I, appropriate I, I, treatment. I wear them about three days at a time. Okay, okay. So, um, I mean, I think we could probably keep going with our tips, but um, but we're out of time. But we're out of time. I guess the the one thing because I've had a client recently say this to me, and you've been so public with me about this, Scott. Um, or our, our listeners, even not just with me, but the concept of if you have some sort of implant or like, let's say you get a replacement ligament or, you know, you have uh, an artificial something that is implanted that it can feel like it's not you, right? Like, like you can distance yourself from it. And from a psychological standpoint, if any of you out there are experiencing that, I encourage you to just, just like you get a gift for your birthday and you don't, you know, so Scott gives me a gift for my birthday and I have it. I don't, I don't hold on to it and go, Oh, this is Scott's. It's in my house and I play with it. It's mine. Scott never plays with it, but it's still Scott's right. It's mine. I've been given this gift. And so I really want to help. I just had a client go through this where I was saying like part of your healing process is recognizing this is your gift and it is you and it is a part of you. So really reframing that to help you get through any kind of transplant that you may have received or, or tendon or implant that you may have received. Yeah. Wonderful advice. 
All right. Um, I'm sure that there will be more that we talk about given what our subject is next week. Yes. Um, so we're, we're, we're live next week for those of you that want to join us. Uh, and next week, we're going to talk about why physical pain is so personal. Yeah. Okay. And it'll be an interesting discussion. Um, I've certainly had my eyes opened. Uh, yeah. Michelle, I know you've experienced this. I think most really? people experience physical pain. Yeah. Uh, and so we're, we're going to dive into it um, and help you alleviate some of it, I believe, or at least have a better perspective and reframe. Yeah, at least help you realize you're not alone. There you go. <laughs> all right. Thank you all for listening again. And please help us spread the joy of our show. <laughs> by liking, subscribing, um, sharing on your favorite podcast platforms. And with that, thank you all for being here. Bye-bye. You've reached the end of another episode of Keeping Your Together in a Stressed World with Michelle Post and Scott Grossberg. If you like our show, we'd love for you to subscribe, rate our broadcast, and leave a review. The podcast is for general information only and not intended to be legal or mental health advice, nor the formation of a lawyer-client, nor therapist-patient relationship. Stay tuned for our next episode, and thank you for listening.